Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chris, along with you, got Mark and Jeremy from the Garner Trust hanging out with us once again. Going to do things a little bit differently today. Actually going to open up the phone lines as well as the Firehouse Subs text line, 803-404-6100. If you have any questions you want to ask these guys in regards to NIL, because obviously it's an ongoing conversation and a very important right now as we talk about the transfer portal, everything going on with recruiting, National Signing Day, Early Signing Day, whatever we want to call it, just over a week away. So a lot of conversation happening around the world of uh, NIL and happy to have you guys uh, back in here. I feel like every time you guys come in, we have new to developments going on not only with the Garner Trust but NIL as well so uh plenty to talk about yeah plenty to talk about and uh it's exciting times to say the least uh times uh, very busy uh days and nights for Mark and I right now but uh it's exciting and I think uh hopefully in the next two weeks we will all be uh sitting around looking forward to spring ball let's uh take a minute to update the million dollar match campaign obviously like you said you guys have a lot going on but that's one of the big initiatives and last check, $574,330. That's as of last night. I'm sure that's gone up. At least yeah, a I bit. know that we have gotten a uh, $5,000 gift since then. Okay. Um, okay. So we know it's at least up $5,000. I'd, I'd have to do some math. Maybe I can do it during one of our commercial breaks and uh, and figure out what the what the exact number is. Maybe what five seventy nine, I yeah. believe. I think that so sounds we, right. We yeah. are we are fast approaching six hundred thousand uh, dollars with uh, a, I guess we've got eight, eight days, days left. left. Um, and so we will have to make a little bit of a final push here over the last uh, last eight days to to see what we can get to. Yeah. So that that number obviously can match out to match up to a million dollars and so the 574 330 or 579 330 mark uh that's pre-match dollars and so right now that'd be doubled which is really nice yeah well over a million bucks and uh a great way uh for us to be able to start uh 2024 um and obviously i know that folks have probably seen some of our social media posts over the last Mm -hmm. uh two weeks of us signing deals uh with with guys who are currently on our roster uh we're excited about all of our work there and uh, can, hoping to continue to add a few more guys from the current roster and then, then hopefully add a few transfer guys and maybe some freshmen that they come in once they enroll on campus. And again, if you have an NIL question for Mark or Jeremy, hit us on the Firehouse Subs text on 803-404-6100 or the Love Chevrolet phone lines at the same number. You know, um, mentioning uh, what you mentioned there about you know everything going on and uh, everything kind of um, – uh, with NIL here as of late and and with this million dollar match and all that kind of stuff um, again eight more days to go um, uh, with that uh, what's the response outside of what the donations have been the conversations around this for what people have been saying about the Garnet Trust and having an opportunity like this um, for somebody to donate a million dollars and provide this million dollar match for people uh, yeah, it's been a huge opportunity. I mean, I think the folks that we've been able to engage in the last last two weeks of the season, we had the 50-50 raffle going on, and then as soon as the season ended, we launched the, the Million Dollar Match campaign. There have been more people that have probably heard about Garnet Trust in the past month than have probably in in the previous year. And uh, and so this just helps us so much with our uh, 
acknowledgement and just people understanding where we are as far as in the process of NIL and, and being able to to show showcase to the Gamecock fans where we are as far as signing deals with current players and, and showing where their money uh, is being spent, I think is has been a has been a huge opportunity for us to to advocate for ourselves, but also for folks to get involved at whatever level they feel is comfortable. The the uh, it's, it is pretty amazing. I was thinking about that the other day. You know, Garnet Trust launched a little over two years ago, and when it first launched, and for a long time thereafter, it, there was still a lot of what is that? You know, what is nil? What is that? And it's come a pretty long way because now, I mean. I was at the Christmas event at Williams Bryce the other night, which was really cool. Mark, I saw, I actually saw you and your wife coming out. And, um, I mean, we were literally in there, and there was on one of the TVs, there was a Garnet Trust logo, you know, <laughs> playing on one of the TVs inside the Christmas thing in the, at the uh, one of the club levels. So, you know, you go around, you see the signs, you see uh, the stadium advertisements, you see the basketball games. Um, and just just a lot more visibility now, and the numbers have have exploded, right? In terms of the number of people that are actually involved now. Yeah, um, I think that we have grown by thirty three percent of our membership just since we've launched the million dollar match campaign. Wow. So um, a a thirty percent growth in membership is is a massive number in, in sheer number of members. Obviously, the 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 financial stuff speaks for itself as we as we approach six hundred thousand dollars on the match campaign. Um, but but really great growth and visibility for Garnet Trust over the last month. And going back to something you said a moment ago there, Mark, you know, talking about um, signing these deals with these players, which we've seen you guys tweeting out over the past couple of days. Chris and I talked about this the other day, and I know a lot of people are, are very focused on, like, what guys are going to be coming in from the transfer portal. And obviously we've gotten a couple of guys that are committed here in the past 24 hours, but I think it's just as important to focus on the guys that are saying they're going to stick around making these deals with Garnet Trust, saying they're committed to this program. And while it's maybe not as exciting to the fan base, that is just as important as bringing guys in from the transfer portal. Oh, absolutely. I think retention was our number one uh, focus and still is, uh, is making sure that we retain the same um, players that were on the, 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 the team last year. I mean, if you look at, other programs and and those who really excelled in, in this past football season, those that kept their um, their rosters intact, were the ones that typically were were playing very well. Use Missouri is a great example for that. Um, they were very solid, and to have guys that are you know know how each other's play and and are, and are comfortable with each other, I think does take uh, bring us a lot of uh, stability going into next year. And I mean, my goodness, with all the injuries that we had this year, it was uh, anomaly. We we talked a lot off uh, between ourselves about if that certain things wouldn't have happened this season, what, where would we have been? And, and I think the team would have been a much different, had a much different uh, record than, than they ended up having. And, and so we're looking forward to keeping those same guys on the roster, getting them to come back, fill a couple holes and uh, you know, have a great run in uh, 24. I want to go back to something that y'all hit on earlier. And that was uh, signing, you know, a bunch of the guys from the current roster who are obviously among South Carolina's, you know, best, most important players keys. I, I think we get a d- distracted a little bit, kind of like a shiny object syndrome of, okay, transfer portal was open, high school recruiting, like those things are obviously important, like adding pieces to the roster in terms of talent, in terms of depth, all very critical. But it was also going to be critical this offseason to, you know, retain certain pieces of the roster. And we all know that NIL is a big, you know, part of that now. So what was that, just generally, what was that process like, you know, starting talks, I guess you could say, 
Um, you guys re-signed, you know, T.J. Sanders and Tonka Hemingway and, and a lot of the guys like that. So how, how was that process for you? Walk us kind of through it. Yeah, I mean, so we we kind of had started having some of these conversations with a few of these folks uh, before the season ended, obviously, but didn't want to kind of lock anything in until after we got past the Clemson game and kind of knew what the future was going to be like. Uh, and so we kind of started those conversations the week after the Clemson game in, in earnest uh, and then was able, you know, the, the last two weeks really able to sign uh, go and get these guys to commit to deals uh, with Garnet Trust um, so that, you know, we can show to the fan base that they're going to be back uh, in a Gamecock uniform next year, um, try to get them before the transfer portal opened. Uh, and then as, as the transfer portal opened and some of the folks decided where they were going to stay at South Carolina, whether they're going to go to the league, whether they were going to transfer, uh, I think Garnet Trust played a big part in, those, in that decision-making. And, you know, I will point out to you, uh, that I think is something that's super significant, uh, that no one from, no starter or significant contributor from the offensive and defensive line uh, has transferred from the University of South Carolina. And I think that a long term, uh, we want to make sure that we take care of our trenches, uh, that we have seen, we, we play in a league where trenches are important. Uh, we saw last year how important it is to have depth on the offensive line. Uh, and so we want to make sure that we continue to have that moving forward. And speaking of the defensive line, a guy like Tonka Hemingway, and there's a lot of rumors and speculation that he may have been looking in the transfer portal and going somewhere else. And uh, I think everybody was happy to see that he had signed a deal with the Garnet Trust, and he's going to be coming back for 2024. And, you know, again, one of those many guys on the defensive line there that is going to be coming back and bolstering that position once again. But a lot of that, you know, goes back to having a good NIL deal um, uh, with the Garnet Trust and, and coming up with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 a part of the game now. Uh, like it or not, it's it's the way that it is. But I will say, uh, to to all those uh, young men who who did uh, sign so far with us, I mean, NIL was not the deciding factor of them coming back. I can tell you that they they want to be here um, with Coach Beamer and the coaching staff. Um, you know, the, the the culture that's being built in that building is 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 very important to the long term success. Um, so they wanted to stay here. Um, I think they just also are looking at it from you know, this might be my only time to to do do something uh, financially beneficial in football because uh, the league chances are, are slim, and the and the time if getting there is is pretty slim. I think most people say they stop by for a cup of coffee. It's kind of like the the way they talked about their careers. But anyway, I mean, it's a, it's a chance for them to do something and prepare for their long term future and uh, building a brand while they're here at USC uh, will extend many years past uh, their football careers. And, and that seems like a, a really important part, right? So. If you think about it this way, it, there's there's kind of this, I think, temptation to be like, it's, it's all about money now. Like, that, that's the only thing guys consider. But if you kind of put yourself in an athlete's shoes, let's say you like where you're at. You like the job that you're at. Um, but the job is extremely low paying, and you've got this other job out there offering you extremely high pay, you know, the opportunity to earn a lot more. Probably going to look at it, you know. I mean, you're probably going to take a look. You may, you may not choose that option. Um, because there's a lot more than just the money that goes into it. what's the work-life balance, what's the environment. There, there's all these different things, but for an athlete, you know, with NIL, you don't want to give them a reason to leave. You don't want that to be the reason, and so you got to have that type of environment to where you can be able to to be on a level playing field with some of these other schools that are doing really well on that front. Oh, absolutely, yeah, it's it's crucial. Um, we're seeing it now more than ever. Uh, I joke around to people on the phone all, or all the time that, you know, I, I don't go to Vegas on purpose because I'm a really bad gambler. <laughs> um, but, you know, I would have told you that um, things were going to settle down a lot this offseason um, based on a lot of the things we've been hearing in the industry. 
um, as far as NIL deals are going, and, and I could not have been more uh, incorrect on that. <laughs> um, it is it is going nuts, and we are constantly talking to our counterparts in the uh, – uh, in the in the space to to find out what uh, what they're dealing with, and, and it's all the same problems at all the same schools. We're all trying to make sure that we can keep our rosters and then fill in those gaps uh, where we need to be. And but yes, it does take a successful NIL program to to be able to compete. And we are in the best conference in college football, so we definitely have to be uh, uh, you know top uh, top in the country to be able to succeed. Again, if you have a question for Mark or Jeremy about NIL, hit us up in the Firehouse Subs text line eight zero three four zero four. 6100 or the Love Chevrolet phone lines at the same number. Before we hit this break, I want to remind you or let you know that the Game TV coming very, very soon. We've been talking about it. You see we've got these cameras set up in here from our friends at Integrated Media. We will be live streaming on YouTube very, very soon. Stay tuned for more details on that as the week goes along. Garden Dress Tower rolls on coming up here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Garnet Trust Hour here on the game. Tyler and Chris along with you here in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. Mark and Jeremy from the Garnet Trust hanging out with us uh, here today talking all things NIL. And again, we've opened up the Firehouse Subs text line 803-404-6100 as well as the Love Chevrolet phone lines for any questions that you do have about NIL. I have a couple questions coming in here from the Firehouse Subs text line. And I'll kind of rephrase this one a little bit. But Nameless Texter asks, you know, what is the reason why South Carolina and, and at last check are is actually tied with Vanderbilt in the SEC for the most players in the portal? Now we know that South Carolina, uh, you know, as far as where NIL stacks up with other teams in the conference, somewhere around the middle ground is what you guys have said before. You know, what would be, and obviously NIL is not the only factor why guys go into the transfer portal, but, you know, what is the reason, in your opinion, maybe why South Carolina has so many guys entering the portal this time around? Uh, we don't, we're not going to a bowl game. I mean, as simple as that. I mean, these we're we're already planning for the ne- for next season. Um, there's nothing to stick around for. I think you know the portal stays open until January second. I think you'll start seeing a lot more players starting to jump in um, as their teams uh, finish their bowls. Um, and, uh, and and so I, I don't think it's anything unusual that uh, that we happen to have a, a few more than than others. But you know, also there's you know situations where again it's not nil related. It might be a playing time related. It might not be able. They might realize they're not going to see the field and their passion is football and they need to go to another institution to, to live out that dream. So, um, yeah, I, I always take everything I see when they go into the portal with a grain of salt because it doesn't mean by any means it's NIL related. I, I would add, too, just from my d- different, you know, obviously different angle than you guys, but just my perspective, like covering recruiting, covering the transfer portal, you know, the vast, vast majority of the transfers that we have seen for South Carolina are Wes Mitchell's healthy transfer doctrine where you're just kind of, like you said, Jeremy, like playing time or fit or, you know, different things like that. Um, you don't look this time around at South Carolina's defections and just say, wow, that they're really getting destroyed with impact type of guys that were huge. Play- like there, there's a couple of those, like losing Mitch Jeter probably wasn't really on the radar. He's been the starting kicker. He's been a really, really good kicker. You lose him. You lose Juice Wells. But you can't really even point at those and say they were totally NIL-related. A little part, maybe. Maybe, you know, weighs in a little bit. But you contrast that with last year. You contrast that to Vandy, right? If you're just casually scrolling the Internet and you say, man, here's this list of 15 guys that are leaving Vandy and leaving South Carolina. What's going on? Something must be wrong. Well, at Vanderbilt, 
They're losing all their starting wide receivers. They're losing their starting quarterbacks. <laughs> like, got multiple guys that started for them at quarterback. They're losing their starting tight end. They lost their best defensive lineman who's going to Southern Cal. They're losing their starting linebacker. On and on and on and on. At South Carolina, that's not the case. You're losing a great kicker in Mitch Jeter. You're losing a great wide receiver in Juice Wells. Other than that, though, that you can actually kind of look at this this portal window and see an opportunity to – it's going to be hard to improve upon Juice Wells and Mitch Jeter from your current roster or the portal, but you can actually, as a whole, you might have an opportunity to kind of improve the roster is the way I see it. Yeah, I mean – I, I would even venture to say you got you had you had a Juice Wells who played in three three games for you, had one touchdown, and correct me if I'm wrong, Chris had less than a hundred yards receiving, right? I don't know about the yeah, yardage yeah, totals, but, 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 but yeah, but, cer- yeah, certainly yeah. the other things you and, said. And yeah. so, uh, and so, I mean, really and truly, production wise, points wise, Mario Anderson is leaving, and and Mitch Jeter, and those are the only guys who were yeah. And Mar- Mario is one I definitely r- should have included, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Very, very much. Those are, we're we're losing from the 2022 roster. We're losing two production guys, um, and so. Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a there's a role for for guys like Omega Blake and and some of these others who who play, had some playing time. Um, but as far as true production folks, then then we're only losing what I would say two guys from the roster. And my two guys are are Mitch and Mario. I mean, Juice contributed for a couple of games. Yeah, obviously has proven to contribute in the past. But um, I think from this true past year's roster, uh, then then that's the case. But I would also mention too that I think this is a a part of the transfer portal, not necessarily NIL, but a part of the transfer portal we live in, is that we see teams struggling with depth because it is hard to keep guys who are, you know, if you are second team at, at Alabama or Georgia or Oklahoma or to Texas or something like that, you're probably going to another Power 5 school and being a starter. Mm-hmm. If you are a backup at a lower-end Power Power 5 school, a Vanderbilt, right, you're, you're leaving to go be a starter at at a group of five school. Um, and so, I mean, we, I, I used this yesterday with someone. Uh, Alabama had a plus 100 ranked offensive line this year yeah. uh, based on statistics and PFF and those kind of things. And yet they are, you know, but Alabama has been a powerhouse at offensive line, but it's because they don't have the depth. So whenever all of a sudden their backup offensive linemen who were highly recruited five, four and five stars, they went and go played at other schools. So then all of a sudden you're relying on a freshman to come in there and, <laughs> and start in the SEC when you have an injury. Then, I mean, that that hurts for everybody. It hurt for the Gamecocks. Sure. I mean, as talented as you are, as some freshmen could be, Tree Babalade, Trayvon Ball, we didn't unfortunately get to see Marquis Anderson, who was thought going into the year to be the best of the bunch, right, the most ready to play. And as good as they are, they're going to take their lumps. You know, I mean, you're freshmen going against grown men from Texas A&M and Georgia and Clemson and Tennessee, right? I mean, these are these are difficult challenges. Uh, but but I think it's a great point because, like, if you're a school, it, it's really hard to manage it because if you're a school that says, hey, we, we really don't want to go into the transfer portal, we'd really like to build it from the ground up, like high school recruiting. And and I honestly think that's ideal. I think you'd like to get to the spot where you're just kind of backfilling and, and picking up a few impact guys here and there from the portal. Um, now, South Carolina's been – they've had some success in the portal. Ole Miss has had a lot of success in the portal. They're obviously continuing to be very active. I think you can do it both ways. But for a school like, say, Clemson, where they're 
they're finally getting a little bit more into the portal where they might take a couple guys here and there. But it's kind of hard to say, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna allocate a lot towards the portal. We're we're gonna mainly build up a high school roster. Well, what if a bunch of those guys leave, like you said, Mark? Because I mean, even Clemson, they they had some guys leave this year. Andrew Makuba, he left. They've had a few other guys transfer out, and and some of them were expected, and some of them weren't. And so then you're then you're pulling up another guy. So you better have recruited and developed really really well from high school. This is a this is a frustration that I think a lot of smaller school like group of five FCS coaches have, and even um, the head coach at Wake Forest talked about this with Sam Hartman. You have a guy for several years, you develop him, and when he's at his peak, boom! Now he now now he's going off to another school, right? But if you're a South Carolina, you need to be in position to where you can say, "Hey, we'll we'll take that guy," right? I mean, Juice Wells is a good example of that when he came out of James Madison. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. It, I think it benefits a school like us, and obviously continuing to have a robust NIL program at South Carolina continues to be an attractor, at least for, for guys to get in the conversation. It might not be uh, folks that, that it's a, it's not necessarily a player's deciding factor, uh, but it has to be part of the conversation with folks coming out of the transfer portal. And as we continue to grow Garden Trust and build that, it's an, important for us to continue to maintain that so we can attract guys out of the portal. Talk plenty more about NA. I'll got more of your questions coming in on the Firehouse Subs text line as the Garnet Trust Hour rolls along. But before we hit this break, it is the 12 Days of Christmas giveaway here on the game. Dave, hit that sounder for me. Sponsored by Griffin Pools and Spa. Here's what Santa has right now. I have two pair, or excuse me, two tickets, a pair of tickets to South Carolina versus Winthrop men's basketball next Tuesday, December the 19th. Caller number four right now, 803-404-6100. Win yourself that pair of tickets to see men's basketball take on Winthrop as part of our 12 Days of Christmas giveaway. Sponsored by Griffin Pools and Spas. More of the Garner Trust Hour coming up. Tyler and Chris along with you, Mark and Jeremy from the Garner Trust hanging out with us today. And we're taking more of your questions on the Firehouse Subs text line. We'll get to some of those in a moment, but just talking last break there, Mark, you were checking bracketology. South Carolina finally in the field of 64. Yeah, Chris, you might can help me on this. This might be the earliest that we have. have is this the earliest we've been in bracketology in a, a long time? I cannot help you, but um, I, I I feel pretty certain that's the case. Yeah, I don't even actual... know that even even the year that we yeah. went the Final Four that we were we were in bracketology this this early in the game. So I hope we hope we don't jinx the Gamecocks by uh, not. by being uh, by talking about it this early. But they've got us as a ten seed uh, playing Northwestern uh, in Indianapolis right now. So I'm sure that we can lock that into stone. Go ahead and book some rooms <laughs> in Indianapolis. I'm sure it won't change at all. But between then and now, but. Uh, good to see the Gamecocks uh, getting some recognition from Joe Lenardi uh, this early in the game. Well, well and, and and on that, you know, this is a fan base that is ready to support a good men's basketball team. Obviously, last year, year one under, you know, Lamont Paris was rocky, and as you would expect under a first-year head coach, but this year's obviously gotten off to a good start. We've seen great crowds at Colonial Life Arena that should continue to improve and improve and improve. I mean, what's the conversation from y'all's end about what's going on with basketball as it relates to NIL? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, we we've we've we have have worked with the coaching staff to to make sure that we continue to provide nil support for the guys on on our roster currently. Um, I had a guy reach out last week that uh, wanted to do a deal with uh, one of our current players, and I mean that was a deal that was not in place early in the season. So that's that's good for him. I'm sure that will be important piece for retention moving forward for that player. Um, but you know they went heavy into the transfer portal, uh, and so um, they they brought some key contributors and, and guys that have a lot of experience and I think that's really showing and they and they seem to gel really well with some of the guys that we already had on the roster. Uh but I think Coach Coach Paris and are is doing a great job with, with the roster he's got and obviously keeping it super competitive. I saw that the team in the upstate is is up in the rankings big time. So I think that loss uh is is helping us a little bit um as far as you know being able to be competitive and, and control most of the game for, for our time in Clemson last week and disappointing with the result um, I was up there, and and great atmosphere uh, for our guys to play in and prepare themselves for SEC basketball. Well, and you look at how that program was was built. You know, if you're someone who says, "I hate the transfer portal," well, if you've enjoyed watching that basketball team this year, then you can't hate the transfer yeah, portal. I mean, you, you gotta you gotta like it in that instance at least, right? Because you look at, I mean, just the amount. Call it like it is. I mean, all indications are did a really good job of building that team. Completely different team than last year. When you look at, you know, B.J. Mack and Miles Studi, Stephen Clark, Talon Cooper, I mean, these guys are starters and, and playing big minutes, and they brought a lot of experience. So they, I think they, they did it the right way. Um, found some guys that, you know, obviously had some guys with ties to the state, ample ties to the state. Got a guy in Miles Studi who had – SEC experience who is looking for something different and kind of playing a little bit of a different type of role for South Carolina. Um, it's an example of how in basketball you can flip it pretty quickly if you do well in the portal. And let's not forget that Michi Johnson is a transfer as well. Yes, Chris. he is. Chris. Yes, so, um, you know, I mean, he was a, a backup, just kind of how he was mentioned, he was a backup for a good Ohio State team and he wanted to, to get a, go to a place where he could play some minutes and um, came to South Carolina and has, has been, is, is, Arguably one of the best player guards in the country right now at, at the rate that he's he's shooting. Uh, Chris is the president of the Miles Studi fan club, by the way. For yeah, did y'all know that? that? Yeah, I, I didn't. But yeah, founding founding member and president, by the way. Oh wow! Yeah. I have to, I'll <laughs> to get with you off the air about uh, what the dues are and, and membership. I'd, I'd be interested because guy's got a great shot. I, I think you're you're doing enough. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll let <laughs> you say, in. I think you got enough on your plate right now. Yeah, you, uh, you're doing enough and you've done enough, so we'll we'll let you in. Um, we'll get back to some of these questions here on the Firehouse Subs text line. Nameless texter weighs in and um, says, I could see something or as far as ideas go with NIL. I could see Gamecock Park incorporating something with the VIP type of experience, a buy one, get one type thing with something like the Garnet Trust. He sends me this link to something that Texas is doing with the Texas One fundraiser and some kind of similar experience when it comes to them and their Sugar Bowl game coming up here in a couple weeks. And that's just one idea that somebody's throwing out there. But um, in terms of ideas that are on the table, things that you guys have, haven't, you know, put in motion quite yet. How many different type of things are you looking into and thinking about of ways to incorporate the fan experience and it not just being, hey, you know, just pay into NIL and um, uh, maybe not necessarily have something in return for the people um, contributing? Absolutely. No, it's it's a it's a focal point for 2024. And we're working um, diligently with the university to make sure that we can come up with the most uh, innovative ways to bring those fans closer to the athletes and uh, and 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 have those types of experiences. So, 
um, to the uh, to the texture. Uh, you know, great idea. Uh, we are we are always looking at uh, things that we can do in Gamecock Park in or and around the stadium, um, and look forward to uh, being able to to showcase a whole different level of um, of, of experiences in twenty twenty four. We're going to really try to knock it out of the park and uh, get everybody a chance to really get close to the fans. What's um What's next for you guys in terms of uh, – I know y'all are working on some things that you you can't talk about, but in, anything cooking – I mean, got the million-dollar match going on until signing day on the 20th, and y'all always have a million other different things, pun intended, going on as well. But what – in terms of events, is there anything that you can talk about that's coming up next? Yeah, absolutely. So it's not necessarily next in line, but we, we did talk about it briefly uh, last week on the show – we're going to do a flag football tournament. Um, we're going to do it in the indoor facility. Uh, the uh, the corporate teams or the teams that are put together and enter the, the the tournament will be able to play with current roster football players. Um, we're still working out a few of the um, a few of the pieces on that and how that looks and how they get drafted, et cetera. But it's going to be a, a really really fun event. So if you've ever wanted to uh, catch a pass uh, from Lenora Sellers or try to cover Nick Harbor, I mean this might be your chance. Uh, we have. Uh, uh, so those are we're doing things like that again, trying to bring the the fans closer to, um, you know, to the athletes. I, I think we're going to see a lot of those types of things done throughout 2024. We do have uh, a couple of other really big uh, things in the works that hopefully we can announce in the coming weeks um, that I think will be super exciting for us. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's already ch- you know chalking up to be a very a very uh, active 2024 for us, and hopefully we can plan some things that everybody will really enjoy. Nice. Uh, getting back to the Firehouse Subs text line here, Zach from St. Simons weighs in and says, Ole Miss seems to be going after a lot of high-dollar guys this year. If there's any thought to the way they're spending money this year to go all in, taking away from money in the future, is that something, and I know, again, we're still very early on in the NIL process, but that's something you see a lot in professional sports where, you know, you just acquire a bunch of guys at the trade deadline or something like that saying, hey, we're all in a winning a championship this year, and maybe we're hurting ourselves a little bit down the line, and obviously a little bit different when it comes to NIL money, but, you know, not necessarily knowing what you're going to have on an annual basis for a place like Ole miss you know is there a thought that maybe they're trying to have success now and maybe not worrying about um what's coming down the line until a little bit later on uh let's not mistake that Ole miss has been heavy nil base for the last year and a half um they uh their collective has has really come out of the gate in the last 18 months swinging hard um i think that they have uh, announced that they've raised over 10 million dollars um, and they're continuing to add members uh, at a very high rate. Um, and, you know, Lane Kiffin uh, has probably participated in some NIL stuff even before the NIL was legal. Uh, but he, uh, he, he, uh, he has very much embraced the transfer portal uh, culture, personally and in the, uh, and in the world of, of coaching. Uh, and so he's, uh, they've done a really good job of embracing the NIL and the portal and uh, I'll continue to expect that there'll be a player, not just this year, but in future years as well. Yeah, it, it's an interesting point because I've I've seen that a lot, and I know we've talked about it here on the show. Of, well, the reason that that Ole Miss is doing well, so well in NIL, is because they're winning, and I do think there's something to that. I do think there's a point to that, but but I have a few other things too. You look at Missouri; they're doing pretty well, and. They didn't just start doing well this year in NIL. 
they started building up to where, you know, you can't pass a state law in one day, as you know, Mark. <laughs> it takes a while. And so they were in the midst of them going six and seven, not once, but twice, back-to-back years. They're working on a state law, and they're working on getting better at NIL, and they were able to keep their current roster, add some pieces, and then look what they did this past year. Yeah, and it shows that there's more than one way to skin a cat, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Ole Miss might be going, Ole Miss and Florida State might be examples of going heavy into the transfer portal and going to find difference makers and key players at key positions. Missouri, as Jeremy mentioned earlier, did it totally different. They kept their entire roster intact from two years that went six and seven and then added maybe one or two other pieces. Cody Schrader was a guy that came from a Division II school, um, and then they added Theo Wace from from Oklahoma, and all bam, you got a 10-2 and two football team who was very competitive against uh, LSU and Georgia. Yeah. And, and, um, and so you're, you're able to see uh, that there are more ways to, to use your NIL money differently, whether you want to go out and try to use it to attract guys out of the transfer portal or you want to just make sure you hold on to your roster and add a few key pieces. And, and I also point to, to people that say that of, I'll win, you know, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing – and again, anybody who doesn't want to participate in NIL, I'm not begrudging. Like, that's everybody's choice, your money. But if you say, I, I'll wait until they win or they just won five games, so I'm not doing it, what about when they beat two top ten teams in a row in 2022? I mean, there was still kind of a, a – there was a little bit of kind of a meh attitude even after that. And it's like, well, if not then, when? You know, and that's kind of how I've looked at it as well. We'll have more with uh, Jeremy and Mark as we wrap up today's edition of the Garner Trust Hour. Again, if you have any questions, let us know. Firehouse subs text line 803-404-6100 as the Garner Trust Hour rolls on here on the game and the 107.5 The Game app. Welcome back in. It is the Garnet Trust Hour. Tyler and Chris along with you. Mark and Jeremy from Garnet Trust hanging out with us for a few more minutes. Again, if you have any questions regarding NIL, hit us up at Firehouse Subs text line 803-404-6100. Bobby wants to know if tax, if uh, donations to the Garnet Trust are tax deduct- deductible. They are if you go through the foundation. So the Garnet Trust Foundation uh, is a, technically a separate entity of the Garnet Trust. And if you donate to, into that entity, we, we use the money to go back to charities, but use, utilizing the athletes to work with inside those charities. So, yes, that is 100% tax deductible. You can go to GarnetTrustFoundation.org and donate there. Garnet Trust, uh, deliverables online. That, or, when I say deliverables, like that's where you go and you get like content, content portal, things like that. Um, $10 a month is still the lowest, I think. $10 a month is still the lowest. A month. What's been the most popular uh, I think it's actually the $25 a month membership is the, is the most, uh, popular, okay. is the one I think, you know, sometimes some folks have joined at 10 and then upgraded to 25, right. uh, which also in, you know, counts toward our match. Yep. Uh, and then also, uh, we've got a few folks that, um, a lot of folks are doing a one-time contribution now because there's a one-time contribution link on garnettrust.com to contribute to the match. So sometimes there's members that are already given 25 bucks a month and they say, Hey, Here's an extra hundred bucks we'll give to the to the matching program. So we've had a lot of success with the one time gifts as well. I was just looking over y'all some some transfer portal statistics. Now these may be imperfect, right? Um, 
on Three's Transfer Portal Wire, which those guys do a really good job of keeping it updated. Um, but but there could be some some missing pieces to this. So I was looking back at last year versus this year. So you look at the 2023 transfer portal cycle. So that would have included, you know, really that entire cycle, the, the spring window, the postseason window. Looks like over 2,700 football players entered the transfer portal. And, and so that can include, you know, every level, every position. It would include walk-ons, like anybody that they can possibly track. It looks like 52 players, which is just under 2%, withdrew, and 62% committed somewhere. Now, that seems even – even though we know some people enter the portal and don't find a home, man, that still seems, you know, pretty pretty big gap between the amount of guys that entered and the guys that actually committed somewhere. Does that, does that number surprise y'all? Uh, It doesn't surprise me. It's, you know, I think it's a little – I think there is a little skew in it, um, as there is with any statistic. Sure. I mean, I think sometimes there are guys that say they're transferring, um, but probably already have a decision where they want to go, and they might decide that football is not a portion of what they want to do. And so, you know, I do think that there you have to consider that sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I'd be interested to see what the statistics end up being this year, uh, because this is really a full year two of of a combination of NIL and the transfer portal uh, and kind of see where it, it ends up, um, you know, and probably we'll probably be able to start to get a little bit better idea of, of a true number moving forward. So yesterday, South Carolina got its first two commitments out of the transfer portal. And obviously, you know, we're only some 24 hours away since those uh, commitments happened. What's the timetable of guys coming in from the transfer portal to when you might first have conversations with them about doing deals with them. What's that look like? They have to, well, they have to be enrolled at the university of South Carolina. So we don't talk to them until they're officially enrolled. So once that happens, we can uh, enter into those conversations and we obviously check with our compliance department to make sure that's uh, that's happened before we reach out. And, and those types of things, I mean, that maybe that's something that changes down the road, you know, in terms of if we get a new state law, if there's a new, you know, there's a new NCAA model, obviously, that's been uh, proposed by Charlie Baker with, with kind of this this ultra level, you know, and, and whether or not that happens. I mean, obviously, there's there would need to be a federal bill that grants an antitrust exemption for that to happen. So it's, it's kind of hard to tell. Um, how, how do guys, real quick, how do they get a sense of, you know, like the NIL environment at a school? Like a lot of these kids talk, right? They talk. They see what other what the school's doing for their current players. Is that kind of? Yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, I, I I don't think many um, many of the student athletes, and not not saying here at South yeah. Carolina, but across the country, truly do not have the education on what this is, what it was intended for, how it works. Um, they just hear things on social media and through their friends and 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 so forth about these crazy numbers that 99% of the time are not real. Yep. Um, and, uh, you know, we have to do, for South Carolina, we have to do a better job of educating the athletes on all sports to, to have them truly understand what's real versus what's not real. And, and I think some of those situations are starting to come out. You're starting to see players who, who left at one point in time and, and found out the grass is not always greener. Uh, other players leaving and maybe not getting – 
the NIL money, if it was a that was a, a main reason for them not getting the money they thought they were going to get. Um, so I think as those situations become more um, apparent and and those players start being a little bit more uh, vocal about what happened or what didn't happen, I should say, I think you'll see a little bit of the the idea that this is unlimited money just growing on trees. Uh, I think that'll start slowing down. All right. Well, Mark and Jeremy, thanks so much for hanging out with us. And again, NIL is a ever-evolving topic of conversation. So I'm sure we'll have plenty more conversations here in the next couple of weeks as well as we continue to keep an eye on the transfer portal and recruiting as well. Yes, please go to GarnetTrust.com and uh, make a one-time contribution. Join as a member. Uh, we'd love to have you all help us re- reach the million-dollar match. Absolutely. Well, it's a busy week here on the game. We've got Carolina Calls coming up with Coach Paris on Thursday. Actually, on Thursday, Chris, we're going to be out at Firehouse Subs on Forest Drive. Of course, Firehouse Subs, presenting sponsor of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. I believe it's almost lunchtime. There's a sub of the day waiting for folks over at Firehouse Subs. Isn't that right? That is. It's the Turkey Bacon Ranch today. They got so many different subs, obviously, that you can check out. Uh, I've got them all memorized. Tyler, that's your favorite, the old turkey bacon ranch. And uh, I assume you're going to have one on Thursday. They can they can make it. It's the sub of the day today, but they can make it for you any day. Firehousesubs.com or the Firehouse Subs app. You can earn yourself some rewards. You can use the Rapid Rescue to go. To avoid the wait, order online and get any of your favorite Firehouse Subs offerings. It'll be ready for you when you walk in. And they also, guys, uh, if your name, if you have a double L in your name today, you can go there and you can get a free sub with the purchase of another sub. If you have a double L in your first name. So if your name's Holly, shout out to my friend Holly. You can go do that today. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the Garden Trust Hour Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is coming up next right here on The Game and the 107.5 The Game app. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.